Okay. All right, guys. So we've been doing this Jesus is series and we've done, you know, Jesus is love. Jesus is peace. Uh, we've done uh, Jesus is risen. Uh, we've done Jesus is the restorer uh, last week. And this week I want to do, and I've already prefaced this, is Jesus is the rescuer. Jesus is the rescuer. And as, as I was just praying about this, I really felt like the Lord just say, look, there is many, many ways that Jesus can rescue us. Many different areas of our life that Jesus can rescue us. But he really just pointed out three scriptural ways that God sent his son Jesus to be our rescuer. And the first one is to rescue us from eternal damnation. To rescue us from complete and total eternal separation from him. And I want to look at a scripture first now before I go to the other ones. I'm doing it out of order in my notes. But go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And I want to start in verse 13. And if you know this story, of course, John 3.16, many, many people know. And, you know, they used to put it up in football games behind the end zones uh, and all that. And we don't see it as much anymore. And I hope we see it a lot when it comes back to uh, gathering for sporting events. I wish they put in 17 too. Yeah, well, here, I'm going to read all the way through 17. I'm going to start in 13. Now, the context of this is uh, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, right? So Nicodemus is a religious leader. He's got questions. How is it that I can be born again? What are you talking about? And he's looking at Jesus saying, I know you're the Messiah. I know you're from God because you have done these miraculous things. I, I, I trust, I know you, but, but Jesus, teach me. Jesus, show me what is the way for eternal salvation. What does this mean? What does this look like? And Jesus says this, in starting verse 30, he says, No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. So Jesus in heaven, he has ascended down to heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him, That whoever believes in him, this faith in Jesus, being our ultimate, like we have to put, it's it's great that we can say Jesus is our rescuer, but if you don't believe that he actually is, if you don't put your faith in Jesus, that he is actually your rescuer, it says that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You have to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is that ultimate rescuer to keep us from an eternal damnation really that eternal separation from him okay i have a question yeah so um he's referencing back moses and the lifted up the serpent in the wilderness so there was a plague on the people of israel and god told moses to help me with this story Mm. do you know the story i mean so the serpent is lifted up on the pole and i don't know the story if the people had to come to it or just look upon it and be then they were healed yeah they were healed. Right. So it was faith that, I mean, looking upon a serpent on a stick, <laughs> right. you know, was going to yeah, heal you. But it was the word of God. It was what God said. What God and then said. they trusted Moses. That's right. So think about the people who didn't do what Moses said. This is going to heal you if you do this. Right. But only those who do this mm. will be healed. That's right. The ones who don't do, um, don't look upon the serpent, don't look upon the stick, mm. will not be healed. Right. So they either, dis- the people who didn't, mm. they either discounted that they did not believe that it was God, or they didn't believe right. that Moses heard from God. Right. So they just discounted the whole thing as ludicrous. Right. I think about 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is what people do. They think if, we, these... if we sat here and said, look upon this stick right. with a serpent on it and you'll be healed of coronavirus, right. I mean, our viewership would, like, go down and every, people would say... <laughs> well, not going up saying, what is going on there? Right. right? Yeah. And I guess the, the, the fruit is in the fruit, right? right. The, the, right. It's in the fruit because people were healed right. and Jesus does say. Right. But I Which love how God a... did that. He did that for a reason. Right. He did it for a purpose. Absolutely. Okay. And, and putting, our trust in, putting our trust in Jesus, I mean, that's... I guess the, the difference between what we believe as far as having to come to Jesus, the only way to the Father, is where you can't just necessarily go outside and <clears throat> look at a tree and say, well, God's in the tree, and I'm going to believe the tree, right, and, and right. I'm going to believe all. No, it's like the one way to heaven is through Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of our lives. And this is what he's saying. It's whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Our eyes need to be turned towards him, to Jesus. And then verse 16, which you know, for God so loved the world. So again, like we said earlier, it comes back to love. He loves us so much that he doesn't want us to have eternal separation from him. The ultimate rescuer, Jesus, coming down to pave the way so that we do not have to have eternal separation from him. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Yeah. And that picture you said earlier of, of the helicopter coming, uh, for those who are uh, part of yeah. part one of our service as we went to the second live feed, but part one of the service we talked about, you talked about that example of this helicopter coming in I really and dropping down. I really imagine a firefighter coming yeah. out of a burning building. Yeah, just, just carrying, carrying that person. And, and I feel yeah. like that's such a picture of what Jesus does for us as the rescuer. He does a lot of things for us as the healer, as the provider, but as the rescuer. It's just what a beautiful picture of him just coming through yeah. and saving us. Because there's no effort on our part. Yeah. It's actually just surrender. Mm. You actually are supposed to teach your children about firefighters and don't. Trust, you know, you have to trust them. You go to the firehouse and the firefighters put on all their gear so that the children, yeah. if it would happen in the middle of the night, wouldn't be afraid of them right. and wouldn't run away from them, but rather go with them. Yeah. So it's like you try to make them familiar with the firefighters so right. they understand this person is for you, not against That's you. Right. Because in the middle of the night, that'd be scary. That's right. Right? <clears throat> it's important for our you know, parents to be training our kids and teaching our kids. To recognize Jesus. To recognize Jesus and the moving of Jesus and what he's doing in their lives and in their, in their That can tie hearts. back to the crying out yeah. because how can they recognize Jesus? Mm. They see Jesus in us or they don't see Jesus. Yeah. And so that true. is just so true. I right. mean, because if they're preached, if they're preached Jesus in the church, but they go home and they don't see Jesus there. It becomes a, yeah. we wonder why sometimes kids can be raised up in the church their whole life and then walk away. Yeah. There's a, if there's a huge disparity, then it, right. kids are just like a, um, they are a radar for hypocrisy. They're a sure. radar for things that, <laughs> and it's okay if it exists. Are you kidding me? We're not perfect Jesuses at home, but we talk about it. Right. We put it out in the open. Right. You know, we don't pretend to be perfect Jesuses. Right. So it's like, um, it's important that we be Jesus at home. That's yeah. how they're going to see him and recognize him and not run away from him, but run yeah. to him. So point one, Jesus is our rescuer from eternal damnation. The second point is Jesus is our rescuer from ourselves. Hallelujah. He is a rescuer from ourselves. Thank Turn with me Jesus. to Matthew 14. Man, thank you, Jesus, for rescuing us from ourselves. And, and this is a very interesting passage of Scripture. And every time I read it, I feel like I get more insight into it. I think that's how the Scriptures are. They continually to illuminate. And you don't just read them once and be like, well, I read that story already in the Bible. You go back and you just read it and read it and read it, and God illuminates to us. It says now, starting in verse 25, Matthew 14, verse 25. 
Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. So notice that. They cried out for fear. But what happens? They didn't recognize Jesus. They didn't recognize Jesus. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So what is going on? Like, we don't, what is happening? We're not ready to say. But then it says, verse, and it says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Immediately Jesus reaches out. They cry out, and he immediately reaches out. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. Now, it's interesting. We're going to get to the next part of the story, which you probably already know or a lot of people have heard before. Jesus actually called Peter out of the boat. He called him out. Peter was like, if this is you, if you are Jesus, you know what? I believe you can do anything. So call me out on this water. And what happens when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on water to go to Jesus. And then in verse 30, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid or he became afraid and he began to sink. He began to sink. So look at that. Think of that picture. Like you're like, wait a second. Why is he sinking? Jesus called him out of the boat. I can tell you that Jesus calls you to things. He calls you into storms. Yes, he he calls you into the waves. He calls you in. He's saying, don't look at them. Keep your eyes focused on me. Keep your eyes focused on me. And it's just like, well, Peter could have stayed in the boat, right? He could have stayed in the boat, but he went out of the boat. And so now he begins to sink. But he begins to sink when? Is when he starts looking away from Jesus. Right. When he doesn't see, he took his, took his eyes off of the rescuer and put them on to the wind and the waves and the storm, the things that were happening. He's beginning to sink and he cried out saying, Lord, save me. How many times Lord, have we been there? Save me. We have me. been there so many right? times. I mean, I like, but God, you, jumpers, man. We'll you jump called out me out to this. We you do. called us to eight kids. You called us to leading this church. Lord, save, save me. Us. <laughs> save us. And it's, it's the times where we're crying that out is when we are, we're looking at this coming out or the financial situation, mm -hmm. or we're constantly looking at something else happens in our lives. And that happens when we're walking in his calling. And it happens even when we're not walking in his calling. It's what happens when we're walking in obedience. Just walking in obedience. But our eyes get off. And right. then he saves us by what? Bringing right. our eyes back Amen. to him. And I think we have like maybe this misunderstanding of theology that, well, once you say yes to Jesus and you obey his voice, nothing bad is ever going to happen. Mm. Nothing bad is ever going to happen. And you can just keep on walking and everything's going to be fine and everything works out for you. And say, well, something bad must have happened. I must have missed it. I must not have heard the Holy Spirit correctly. Mm -hmm. I can't believe this bad thing happened. I have a sore throat. And that must mean that I don't have enough faith to have a sore throat. I missed and we put all this pressure I'm telling on you, ourselves. People believe yeah, that. They and believe we that have that to come true. to an understanding that Jesus is our rescuer. Jesus will take us out into places that In are uncomfortable. Yeah. He'll take you out into places that are ankle deep, and I think we read something waist deep, neck deep, where you have to completely rely on Him and only Him, only Him. And so Peter was out, and he began to sink, and he cried out, saying, "Lord, save me." And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Yeah. Oh, man, he's like correcting. He's like, come on, Peter. Like, and I feel like sometimes Jesus does something. He's always there to rescue we us. We need corrected. We need corrected. And he was just like, Whoa, you of little, look, what did we look at the first time? 
Jesus is our way to believe in faith that right. he is who he says he is. And correction and is the rescue. That is the it rescue. It is the rescue. Exactly. Correction is not to be, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And right. that's the rescue. And it right. brings you right back. Right. And I just was talking to somebody on the phone uh, just this week. Uh, they don't go to our church. They were struggling and we were just praying for them. And the Lord reminded me of something. I think you had said it way, way back on a Sunday morning. But a lot of times the miracle is in the process. Or maybe I, the, the loaves, loaves and the fish. Loaves and the fishes, yeah. Uh, somebody said it. I don't know. Fish. But it was like the miracle was in the process. And so many times as we're walking things out in faith, God just gives a little miracle, a little miracle, a little bit. Sometimes we don't see it all at once. Mm -hmm. All happens. Sometimes it happens that way. Sometimes it doesn't. But a lot of times we need correction along the way. So he says, oh, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. The wind ceased. Why did you doubt? So, you know, we talk a lot about being led by the Scud. You have something to I just don't want, yeah. don't, don't stop short of verse 33. Then those who were in the boat came mm. and worshiped him. Amen. Saying, truly, you are the son of God. So was Peter's, ex, like his excursion outside of the boat, like a total fail? Mm. What was the fruit of it? Mm. It was that they worshiped him mm. and they had a greater revelation of his power, mm. of his eminence, of his worthiness, yeah. they, and they worshipped him. Amen. So they had a greater revelation of who God was because was Peter got out of the boat. Right. Because Peter was willing right. and wanted to get out of the boat, right. and it wasn't a fail. That's right. all I'm saying. It right. wasn't a fail. Right. It was a he step. Right. right. It was a step. He rescued and he restored it, and then yep. he, what he showed is just really. I mean, we all love Peter, right? I do. You know, Peter is just like, man, you know, he is always getting a little bit of rebuke sometimes from Jesus, a little correction here. Get behind a, me, Satan. He's I mean, a hot mess. I mean, he is just cutting he, people's ears off yep. with swords. I, I mean, him. he is denying Jesus after walking with Jesus. He's a mess. It's just like, how could that even be possible? But guess who the Lord looked at and said, I'm going to build my yes. church on this rock. He built his church as Peter being the first of apostolic leader of the church. And when he looked right at him in Matthew 16, just two chapters past Matthew 14. Mm -hmm. So look at that. So, I mean, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And, he's, and Jesus is saying that. But just two chapters later, he said, I'm going to build my church yeah. on this man. The Lord delights. Man. The Lord delights in using people mm -hmm. who yeah. are so keenly aware of their need for God. Yeah. Peter was never under the impression that he had it all together because right. he was a hot mess. Right. The Apostle Paul was a killer of Christians. And he talked about, you know, running forward and not looking back. But that was probably a struggle for him over and over yeah. and over again yeah. to set, lay aside, lay aside who you used to be. That's not who That's you right. are anymore. Right. So his need for Jesus, his need for the Lord was so... So part of his consciousness Amen. and God delights in using people Amen. who are so keenly aware Amen. of their need for God. Amen. Well, I said earlier that Jesus rescued me personally <laughs> from something. And I'm not going to get into the details of everything that it was, but there was something that came up and we, you know, we had, well, I was out praying about it and I, there's so many lessons that came out of learning from this thing. But you know, it's something that came as an opportunity to us as the church it was like, man, this just looks good. This seems right. This is all, you know, wisdom would say this is the right thing to go do. And we just need to go do this. And this is going to be great. And praise God, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you're just getting excited about something that's coming to you. It's like, well, I didn't ask for that. It's just coming to you. And every time I thought about it, every time I even had an inkling about it, I had a pause. And it was just like the Holy Spirit saying, ah, you know, talk to me more about this. Talk to me more about this. 
And I'm like, ah, yeah, I, I know. Okay, okay. And I just keep I going. I think it was a tiny pause. It wasn't and, even a big pause. And it pause. was. It was just a small pause. And then, you know, I just got a little bit closer to this thing. I was like, okay, we just got to do a little bit of paperwork or whatever. And it was just like I had to pause again. Well, I'm going to reach out and maybe ask some other people, get some other advice. And I started going all these places to make me feel better. Right. To make me feel better about the pause that I had. It was like, well, maybe somebody else can convince me, even though Holy Spirit's trying to warn me, that this pause is just, you know, you're just being whatever. This is a good thing. And so I, you know, I took everybody else's advice because it just made sense, you know, and I just went and said, okay, this is what we're going to go do. Uh, and I just started, we started moving forward. I just was like, no, this just isn't right. No, this just isn't right. Yeah. I'm just going to take this minute to say sometimes when we go to other people for advice, but we have an agenda, an agenda yeah. we don't even realize we right. have. Right. I don't think you realized I'm going to go now and ask for wisdom from wise counselors, but oh. you were fishing for oh, an yeah. answer. Oh, yeah. You, how you word it's stuff? Not consciously. No, I know, but how you, you word fishing, stuff. And you, like, you were yeah. fishing for an answer to verify what you wanted to do. Right. And to feel better about that itty bitty. And yeah. I think it was a tiniest little pause. Yeah. And so you went with an agenda and you got what you were looking for. So yeah. often, you know, we talk about hearing from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we know one of the first things is you have to have confirmation from a spirit-led person. Mm. But guess what? Sometimes you can go fishing for confirmation yeah. to the, the path that you want. And then it's not true. Sure. And, and how you present it a lot of times, oh, yeah. too. Like, you know, you can present something oh, with all the bells and the whistles and, the, mm -hmm. and be like, well, of course, yeah, that makes Sounds a lot great. of sense. God's in that, no problem. Yeah. And on top of that, the people who I did reach out to, I didn't even give them any time for prayerful counsel. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm just like, hey, I need an answer, like, right away. Like, what? I mean, I put them in a bad spot on top of it. And you so, just wanted the yes. I just wanted the yes, let's go. And so, yes, yes, I made a mistake. I guess, I, oh my goodness, like, welcome <laughs> to my world, welcome to our world, yeah. right? Uh, often. And so I was just like, Lord, okay, what am I supposed to go do with this? And the Lord provide, Jesus provided a way of rescue. Mm -hmm. He provided a way as the rescuer. Uh, I came across an article and I came across something else. I made a few phone calls and God made a pathway. And sometimes it's not this easy, right. a pathway to unwind this thing uh, and to be able to get back doing. And as soon as I did it, as soon as I started that in motion, Peace just Ooh, flooded my heart, relief. and it was like relief, like, thank you, Lord, uh, for this. So I know many of you can relate with that, uh, but we just know that even when you do make that mistake, even when you do take your eyes off of him and you look to Jesus as the rescuer, right? He rescues us from ourselves. He rescued Peter from Peter. <laughs> he rescues Jason from Jason, mm -hmm. and he rescues Liz from Liz, uh, and he just rescues us uh, in times. And sometimes that rescue isn't immediate. You know, sometimes, as we said, there's lessons to be learned, you know, even in that process. I mean, he's a loving go. father. Mm. So the kid walking around the, the block with her flip-flops on, right. you know, I was, as a loving mother, I didn't force her to, I didn't force her. I gave her a pause. Right. I gave her a counsel. Right. She disregarded the counsel. She wore the flip-flops. But I didn't say, oh, you now you got to suck it up and bear your consequence mm. till we get home. I don't care if you bleed. That's what it's going to be. That yeah. is not a good and compassionate mother. No. I picked her up. And I carried her and I soaked her wounds and I talked to her heart, yeah. you know, and God is a, he's a good father yeah. and he is a rescuer. Amen. Then the third thing is Jesus. He is our rescuer uh, from the enemy. He's a rescue from the enemy. You know, I mean, we see it in this pandemic here. There's things that the enemy, uh, the, the small G, you know, the God of this world 
uh, who is orchestrating and trying to bring fear and trying to bring all these winds and these waves and all of this stuff. And if you want to turn me to Matthew 4, uh, verse 35, and I just want to read this quick story and just talk about, you know, Jesus is our rescuer from the enemy as well. And things that come up are not sometimes things for, you know, for lessons for us. Sometimes they're just flat out the enemy. And he comes in and he says, no more of this. And I am taking authority in my name as the name of Jesus Christ. And he takes authority over certain things. We can see that here in this story. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, starting this is Mark 4, verse 35, let us cross to the other side. Now when the boat had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, and that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. I love that. It's like the storm is happening, so Jesus is not fearing the enemy. Jesus isn't fearing the things that are going on. He is asleep on the pillow. But guess what? He, they, he was in the boat. He was with them, and he was in the boat. And they awoke him, and they said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Right? They are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. So sometimes we just have to call out on the name of Jesus. And he has to rescue us from there. I think of you driving on Tannery Road, mm -hmm. and, and the car goes out of control, out of a snowbank, mm -hmm. and you just yell the name of Jesus, and it was spinning or whatever, but it stopped. It didn't go down the bank. I mean, it was just this, sometimes you got to call out, and Jesus will stop those winds and those waves. That plan of the attack, the, the plan kids, of the enemy. Kids were in the back. They didn't after. even know anything happened because they yeah. were playing or talking. They didn't even know. We, we spun, and then I was facing the wrong direction. Okay. All right. Okay. We call out for the name of Jesus. Many times, Ooh. probably some of you are out there, just call on the name of Jesus when a situation happens. Uh, I mean, I was in, I mean, look, so God is so good. I was in, maybe another car example. I was in a car as a teenager, and we were driving. We were going home. A snowstorm was about to start. To start. I was in probably my senior year of high school. I was driving with my best friend, and I was actually in the back seat. Normally, I sit in the front, but I was in the back seat. Somebody else was in the front. And we were trying to beat a snowstorm home. And for his, safety's sake. For right? safety's sake, we need to beat the snowstorm home. And Teenage it's not boys. snowing, it's the middle of the night, it's 1, 2 a.m., past curfew, whoops. And there's nobody on the road, and we just started driving, driving, driving. How and fast? he was going, I think, 120. So his speedometer goes up to 120, it was pegged. And I'm sitting in the back seat, and of course, I can see the speedometer. And I look at it, it says 120 miles an hour. And just the Holy Spirit in me. Jesus is the rescuer. Everyone else is wearing the seatbelt, but me at the moment. And I was just like, eh, maybe I should put my seatbelt on. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should put my, who wears their seatbelt on the back seat? At least at that time, oh my gosh, nobody. back in the nineties, like, nobody. what do you mean back seat seatbelt? What are you kidding me? Right. You Our don't wear it. Your, even make us do like it. your kids are running around in the back of the station wagon, right? Everybody has the picture of that. So it was just like, put the seatbelt on. And I'll tell you, I reached up. I was sitting on the right-hand side of the car. I reached up. I put it in. I went like that, and I looked up, and there was nobody on the road except one car came merging onto the highway. I'll tell you, we were going so fast that that car probably didn't even know we were coming. But instead of going into their lane, they went right into the passing lane. And in order to avoid that car, you have to hit the brakes and swerve. So hit the brakes and swerve at 120 miles an hour does not do well for any car. Uh, especially not this, whatever it was, some kind of Ford something. And we completely lost control, spun around, flipped over a couple times, landed on the roof, 
But Jesus was the rescuer. He rescued all of us. And I know that there's accidents that happen and not everybody, you know, makes it out. But in this case, Jesus was my rescuer in particular. He gave me that peace. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and saved my life literally from this terrible thing. And we all somehow walked away from that. And God is so good, but he is the rescuer. And sometimes I probably was yelling Jesus. Like, I don't remember anything as it was happening. But Jesus was our rescuer in that situation. And he, he said, peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? Again, again, he's addressing their faith. Why are you so fearful? How it is that you have no faith. Right. And they, they feared exceedingly. And they said to one another, who can this be? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Yeah. Jesus is our rescuer. Amen. I believe, I believe with my whole heart that fear is the weapon of choice for the enemy. And in these days, mm. um, and in these days and heading into end times, you know, um, when we begin to talk about um, the end of the age and mm. the return of Jesus, um, fear is going to be the weapon of choice for the enemy. And we have to stand firm against it. And that's fear of government control, fear of, um, you know, one world, one world religion and one world government. And fear of these things has no place. You know, um, fear of coronavirus, fear of, it's just fear. The fight is against fear. The battle is against fear. Fear. And we battle fear with faith. Um, but knowing that we have a rescuer, knowing that this is the very nature of who he is, it gives us hope and it strengthens us in our courage. You know, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, I'm not afraid. You know, people are afraid of uh, immunizations. People are afraid of um, not, getting not getting immunizations. Like, right. you know what I mean? It's just fear. Right. Fear, fear, fear. And so I just want to, we go, we're going through this. Jesus is. Mm. He is the opposite of fear. Yeah. Love conquers hate. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much There's so much going on in the world today. Um, the young man in Georgia who was just gone down while jogging. I mean, I just have to take a minute while we're doing church to say, yeah. church, pray. Pray. Because that's hate. That's what that is. And hate doesn't know anything. It can go from any person to any person. It, it multiplies if we don't stop it with love. Not with debate. Not with facts and statistics. Not with excuses. Not with um, anything. Just with love. The love of Jesus is our only hope. It's, it's, and, it's, and then it's asking, okay, well, what do we do? What do you want me to do here? We have got to... We have got to grow in love, which means we have to put our eyes on Jesus. Jesus, the rescuer. Jesus, the restorer. Jesus, the savior. Jesus, the way, the truth. Jesus, love. God is love. And I know, man, I, I don't want it to be like this generic love. It's not generic love. It's God love. God, the, the, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob love. The God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ love. This is what conquers hate. This is what conquers fear. This is what breaks the, the stronghold of fear and hate and prejudice in this country. It's only Jesus. It's only love. 
But we have to ask them, what should we do? What do we do? How do we raise our voice? How, what, what petition do we sign? What office do we call? Yes, there is doing in it, but the motivation is love. And the fruit of love is peace and joy and breakthrough in the middle of a storm. Doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't mean the storm is going to automatically stop. It just means that in the midst of it, we become light in the midst of it because of love. That's good. Well, guys, as I said earlier, a long time ago, uh, that we're going to do a song at the end here. Uh, it's a special song. It's called Rescuer uh, by Ren Collective, I believe it is. And so we don't know if the audio is going to work for this song or not, but we're going to do it anyway. Yes, we are. And the, the lyrics will be on the screen behind the worship team. And so just sing along with us, even just sing the lyrics on there, because it's all about Jesus being our rescuer. So let's worship him, but now come back and close.
today if you've got a need in your life, if you need rescued from something, if you need healing in your life, if you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior today, if you have any prayer need, any requests, I just ask that you raise your hand right where you are, wherever you're at, watching, sitting in your living room or in your bedroom, wherever, just raise your hand. God sees that hand. He's no respecter of time or of distance. He sees your hand. So, Father, we just pray for those who have their hands raised today. Father, we speak healing into their life. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, the rescuer, rescuing us from our sin, rescuing us from ourselves, rescuing us from the enemy. Thank you for your son, Jesus, the ultimate rescuer. So, Father, I just speak to every situation, every hand that is raised. That your work, your Holy Spirit begins to work and to move and to make a way where there is no other way. To reveal truth where the truth has been hidden. To bring light where there has been darkness. To bring salvation where there has been denial of Jesus. And so, Father, we ask now, move, move on each person's behalf now in Jesus' name. Where storms need to calm we tell them to be still in Jesus' name. For those who are drowning, those who have taken their eyes off of you, Lord, we cry out, rescue us, Lord. Rescue us, Lord. And you immediately reach your hand out and grab us. And we thank you for it. We thank you, Father. We worship you. We worship you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I have a benediction I want to read just as we close out of Philippians 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. And then this is, my, this is what I want us to do this week. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Those things is what we should meditate on. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace 
will be with you. So that's our prayer. Amen. We love you guys. And again, we'll have some kind of information out early this week. Or about, you know, maybe by midweek or so about gatherings. So we love you. Can't wait to see Happy you all Mother's soon. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day. Love you guys.